good win again here today. We, we did tonight. We did what we had to do. Um, you know, we had a we had a horrific shooting night tonight. It was just one of those nights. If we did not get a three to go, I better I better shut my mouth. But I think I talked about last game how you you know we you leave ourselves we're gonna make it pay and, and, and we will. You know, I think from the stab through. But it was just one of those nights. But 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 I'll tell you what, what our team did here tonight was they defended at an incredibly high level and we took care of the ball. You know, so, so so tonight we took care of the ball. We had 11 turnovers. I thought our defense was just phenomenal. I thought it picked up even more um, in the second half. I think we forced four shot clock violations. Um, we were just outstanding that way. Um, and so this was kind of one of those grimy, tough games that, that we had to, to find a way to win. And, and, and we did. And you know, I sit there and I look out now, you, you got Adam and Kendall who are out getting shots up right now. You know what I mean? After the game in the arena, I told them to go home. But um, what I love about those guys as upperclassmen and leaders, even though they weren't making shots tonight, their effort was just unbelievable. It was never about them and their frustration. It was about the team. And when winning becomes the most important thing in your team, you have a chance to be successful. And I think those two guys just um, – um, um, you know, set the standard for that right now. And, and uh, Adam's effort on the glass was phenomenal. Uh, Kendall's effort defensively was phenomenal. And they never let the frustration of missing shots do that to, to them. And um, I'm just really proud of the team, the way they competed. And that was a good win. A good win indeed. It was a weird one. Uh, what's up, guys? This is Justin Michael. We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. We're going to be talking about this sweep over Air Force. Really, um, you know, like Nico Medved said, a grinded out type game. It was ugly. I mean, they couldn't have hit water if they... <laughs> God, it was so bad, man. They couldn't have hit water if they were falling out of a boat. They just, they couldn't hit any shots. It was, it was weird. They, they were in rhythm. The ball movement was great. I, I really liked the looks that they were getting. I didn't have an issue with the shots. They just weren't falling. And I actually asked Kendall more about that. And I'm going to play that audio for you guys later. Going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Before we uh, really dive into this game, though, got to shout out the homies over at Chevalier Mortgage. Guys, sure, you're probably hearing how great the mortgage rates are right now. Mike and Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner. He looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you're always going to feel like a person, not a number. I love that. You know, whether you're looking at refinancing your current mortgage, maybe buying a new home, Mike and Virginia, they'll make the process as simple and smooth as possible. If you've gone through it before and you'd rather, I don't know, watch San Diego State win the Mountain West on a technicality, Go to a Raiders game, root for the Dodgers, watch old Nolan Arenado highlights and cry yourself to sleep. I get it. Normally, it sucks. It, it's the absolute worst. That's just because you haven't worked with Mike in Virginia. They're going to make the process smooth, quick, enjoyable. I'm telling you, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, though, you're going to get set up with a free consultation. Again, dnvrmortgage.com. If you'd rather talk to somebody on the phone, that's okay too. Give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472, 970-412-2472. Or again, you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. 
Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Cool, 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 cool. Let's talk about this game. This was a this was a pretty straightforward one. You know, every now and then I'll write a gamer, you know, where it's basically done with a couple minutes to go. This was one of those instances. CSU obviously pulled away down the stretch, ended up winning by 30. I mean, really, the, the second half performances of, of both of these Air Force games were really, really impressive. I liked the adjustments. You know, I, I said earlier, I didn't have any issue with the shots that CSU was taking in this one. They, I mean, they couldn't hit anything. They, they I mean, God, 5 of 28 from three-point land, 17.9%. Easily their worst performance uh, shooting-wise since that St. Mary's game, but... Even so, I just I, I didn't think that they were bad shots. I, I just kind of think Air Force tempts you into doing that with that matchup zone. In the second half, though, especially David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens, we saw an effort to to get to the rim and, and to make it challenging. I mean, guys, they they had absolutely no answer for David Roddy. I, I tweeted kind of a joke. I I almost feel bad for the Air Force defenders because they have families too, you know, and, and they're watching them just get absolutely embarrassed time and time again. I mean, they were trying to double him. They just they had no answers for him. It was it was fun to watch. It was kind of like watching a, a varsity player go up against junior varsity players. I was joking with Kevin Lytle in the press area. I mean, could you imagine what it was like for him going up against high schoolers, you know, other high schoolers, just with how big and strong he was? I mean, that's borderline unsafe. The dude's 19. I mean, God, just imagine two, three years from now, just how absolutely jacked this dude is going to be. I mean, he's going to be able to bench press a pickup truck. It's just, it's insane. And he's just so intelligent. He, he plays within the flow. He doesn't try and force it or anything. He waits until the opening's there. He has good footwork. He's a phenomenal passer, so he can pass out if he gets trapped. He's great at drawing contact. I mean... Just such a such a special young player. And and for my money, David Roddy should be the Mountain West player of the year. I, I understand that there have been a lot of really good players in the league this year. And and there, you know, a couple guys, Derek Alston, Amos Kata, uh, Grant Sherfield. I mean, there are a lot of different dudes that are probably in the conversation for that player of the year. But to me, I don't know how you don't give it to David Roddy, just given what he does on a nightly basis. I mean, eight double doubles really has just dominated throughout league play has been such a big factor and and all of CSU's big wins. And to me, that's that's what the player of the year should be all about. Somebody that elevates their team. And that's what Roddy does. I mean, going back to the summer, I was trying to tell everyone how good this team was. And and they've certainly exceeded my expectations. But none of the you know, none of the rest of the media around the conference thought CSU was truly going to be a contender. And if they say they would, they're totally lying. I mean, we all remember the preseason projections. Everyone was all in on Boise State. They were all in on Utah State. They were all in on San Diego State. And guess what? Those are all really good teams. But I mean, people were giving UNLV more credit than CSU. Nevada, it was insane to me just because, I mean, I know, I know they lost in the Mountain West Tournament last year, but you really saw the Rams come on strong and start to figure out their identity on both sides of the ball last year. They've taken it to a new level this year. And actually... Yeah, the offensive numbers have dipped slightly in terms of efficiency and just kind of looking at the metrics and stuff. But defensively, they've just made such great strides and it's made all the difference. You know, I, I'm i not sure if last year or, or the year, definitely not the year before, if the shots weren't falling the way they were, weren't last night, CSU wouldn't have won that game because they didn't defend. And, and now 
you just see it. They they Rams they bought, completely bought in. It's a great effort on both ends of the floor, and I just I I was really pleased with the effort from start to finish last night. The shots they weren't falling. It was a little tight for a bit, but they were crashing the glass. I mean, Adam Thistlewood, Nico Medved mentioned it, and then that actually made me happy because that was one of the things that I wrote in my gamer before uh, we even had a chance to talk to him was just, man, Thistlewood was all over the place. 50-50 balls, eight boards. I mean, that's what you need from your leaders, guys. When the shots aren't falling, it's it's those hustle plays, those heart plays that ultimately make the difference in the game. And I asked David Roddy about that as well, so I'm going to play that audio I'm going to play some audio from Kendall Moore talking about just, you know, how frustrating it was for some of these shots, how his legs are feeling, all of that stuff. Uh, so we've got plenty to go over on today's podcast. Man, I'm, this is March. This is March, baby. This is what it's all about. And I love it. And I hope that you guys do too. Hey, hey David, coming off that three-week break, is the way you guys played defense these last two nights the most impressive part of your return? Yeah, I would say so for sure. Um, you know, we had a slow night on offense. We couldn't we couldn't hit water if we were in a boat. So, um, you know, we really relied on our defense today. Um, and, you know, Air Force is a great and disciplined team. So we had to uh, really lock in mentally, um, you know, play throughout the whole shot clock and, uh, and execute and get a rebound. So, um, but yeah, definitely. We've been executing or <clears throat> emphasizing uh, defense for the past three weeks. So, um, and it definitely showed today. How how important is that going to play out in the month of March? Oh, it's going to be a vital part. Uh, I think probably the biggest vital part that we have, um, you know, defense wins championships, like they say. So uh, as long as we keep locking in and keep getting better day by day, then, you know, I like our chances. David, it really seemed like you, you tried to set the tone by attacking the rim consistently in the second half, kind of much like you did in that first half. Was that, you know, a considered effort by you guys just with the jump shots not falling? Yeah, um, I would say so. Just, you know, playing playing my game, um, you know, hesitant in the first half, didn't really got, get a lot of things going. Uh, in the second half, got a few transition baskets. And then, um, you know, cutting well and screening well was the biggest uh, and vital part. And landing on two feet in the lane is the biggest thing we've emphasized. Uh, so kudos to, to the guys for, you know, getting me the ball in, in my spots and then, you know, just executing from there. David, one of the guys that stood out to me was Adam Thistlewood. He had eight rebounds, uh, won a couple of 50-50 balls. Obviously, the jump shots weren't falling, but you know how big are the little plays, especially when the game is a little tighter like it was in the first half? Just what do plays like that do for you guys? Yeah, those are the biggest plays. Um, you know, those are winning plays. Uh, you know, we win games off of, you know, getting those 50-50 balls and those offensive rebounds and, and you know, setting charges and, and, and tough, tough contests at the rim, so... Um, you know, he's, he's again, another guy that leads by example and does everything right. And, and is, uh, he's a poster child of, of the program. That's somebody who you want to be, um, off the court and on the court. So, you know, he's a great guy and I'm just super proud of his effort today. UFC 259 is this weekend, and it's sure to be action-packed with three title fights taking place in one night. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight, with 101 odds on either fighter to land a punch during the title fight. What this means is you can pick either fighter to land a punch during this weekend's UFC 259 bout, 
and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. Just bet $1 on either fighter, and you're going to be able to cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry, though. If MMA is not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has great odds and promotions in basketball, hockey, so much more. We've got college basketball games, the NBA, the NHL, table tennis, whatever you want. Shoot, you can bet on Call of Duty if you're really into it. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for your chance to turn $1 into $100. All you gotta do, pick a fighter. If either event fighter lands a punch on Saturday, place your bet, watch the fist fly this weekend. Again, that code DNVR to turn $1 into $100. If either fighter lands a punch for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yo. Kendall, how are we doing tonight? Uh, we doing good. We doing good. And like John mentioned, 13 wins in conference plays the most for this program in any conference. Considering the the craziness of this year, how impressive is that to you that your team stuck through this so much so well? I think it's very impressive. Uh, like we talked about at the beginning of the year, just trying to everybody just stay together and stay positive. You know, it was tough times. Like we said, uh, we had a little pause because of COVID at the beginning of the year, missed a couple of games, but we didn't let that affect us. We just kept moving forward and we just kept fighting. Kendall, did you guys feel like you had a better feel for the matchup zone the second time around? It's it's obviously a pretty difficult look to kind of simulate in practice. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Like you said, uh, the first game trying to kind of caught us off guard a little bit, and then second half of the first game we kind of adjusted. And then today, I feel like we adjusted. Uh, it took us a while to adjust, but I think for the most part we did. We just had to, you know, find little cracks in the zone, penetrate more, and kick out to the open man. This might be a bit of an obvious question here, but, you know, you guys had a ton of open jump shots. They just kind of weren't falling. Is that even more frustrating when it's a good look, it's in rhythm, and it just doesn't go in? Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a little frustrating. But like we talked about in the locker room, we didn't let that affect us on the defensive end or any other end. You feel me? We just – he just – coaches told us to keep shooting, and that's what we did. And obviously we had knocked down as many shots as we wanted to, but we didn't let that affect us, and we still played poise. And, had a good game. How are the legs feeling after two quick games, not playing for a month? Ah, they're not that bad. You know, I'm not going to complain too much. They're not that bad, but definitely the team, we definitely going to be in the ice bath tonight and tomorrow for sure. Nico, you obviously have a, a lot of players on this roster that you trust to control the basketball, take big shots. Do you feel like the, the turnovers have just been – you know, maybe the product of a weird schedule this year and being on for a few weeks, being off for a few weeks. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I think some of it is just, like you said, the natural growth and players of, you know, as they grow and their roles get bigger and, you know, they want to do more um, and just kind of understanding and just continue to grow in the, in the game. And, and uh, you know, you're going to turn, when you're a playmaker, you're going to turn the ball over some, that's the way that it goes. Um, but it's eliminating the silly ones, you know, the sloppy ones. And, you know, tonight we only had 11 turnovers, you know, tonight it was, tonight it was really good. And, you know, what's interesting, people don't, people don't realize this. 
you know, in, in conference only games, Air Force forces more turnovers than anyone in our league. I mean, they, 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 I mean, go look at the stats, and that's an outlier. People would wouldn't realize that, so they do that to a lot of people. So, um, you know, maybe the turnovers are a product of that. But tonight, again, because we defended and we took care of the ball, despite our inability to make shots from the perimeter, that's why we were able to win the way that we did. It really seemed like for the second game in a row, David Roddy had made an effort in the second half to kind of set the tone physically, work his way in the paint, attack the rim. I mean, what does it say about his intelligence when he's able to just feel the game out and look, the jump shots aren't going in. I'm going to work my way down low. A hundred percent. And he just, he, he just continues to grow so much. And he, I, I could sense he was really frustrated at the end of the first half, you know, things weren't really going his way. And, you know, and, and I think I just continue to see him grow. You know, I we kind of talked a little bit at halftime, he and I, and I just, I thought he did a really good job of just kind of calming down, catching his breath. It's a new half, new 20 minutes, you know, reestablish yourself, regardless of what goes on, you got to continue to have that energy and enthusiasm on defense because our team feeds off him. And then, man, he starts to make some hustle plays on the glass. Sure as heck, a couple buckets go in. You know what I mean? Like that. And then you got a whole new game on your hands. And people, You know, guys got to remember the game is played for 40 minutes. And, and the game can be streaky sometimes. And you just really have to stay with it mentally uh, um, and, and have that focus. And eventually the game breaks. And you look at it at the end. Um, he ends up with, what, 22 and 12 and uh, um, has the kind of performance that he's going to have. But that doesn't mean you're always going to play that way for 40 minutes. Jacob Jennison got his first minutes of the season. We obviously saw the bench react really well when he got his first points. Is that kind of what makes all of this worth it? Is that, you know, what college basketball is all about? Nico, just real quick, the last thing I wanted to ask you, Isaiah Rivera, 13 minutes tonight, hit a couple of threes. How crucial are these minutes for him in the crunch time of the season as you approach the Mountain West tournament just to get comfortable and, and build his confidence up? I think it's huge, you know, and, I mean, he's going to be a terrific player. I mean, it's just, this is such a, you know, such a step up from high school. And, you know, you probably miss some of the, a little bit of the time in the summer that you would regularly have. And this is different for him. I mean, he's walking in as a true freshman here on a team that's competing, you know, at the, at the highest level right now. And so, you know, his role is different. We talked about it, but um, he cares deeply guys. He cares deeply. He really wants to be good. He loves the game. He works really, really hard. Um, and he continues to get better. And yeah, he was the guy who knocked down the open shots tonight, you know, so that was awesome uh, um, um, to see. And and so, um, yeah, I mean, I think he continues to get better and, you know, PJ birds, you know, playing better. And I thought, I mean, I thought Deshaun Thomas's effort was great tonight. I mean, he came in and made some hustle plays on the glass and um, all these guys. And again, you know, for us in our program, when, when winning becomes the most important thing in your program, you have a chance to be good. And, and, and I think that that's where we're at. And guys buy into their roles and, and, and they get over themselves. You know, they get over themselves and it becomes more about the team. And and uh, I, I think that's what you're seeing from, from this group of guys. And, you know, guys, find everybody finds a way to contribute. All right, all right, all right. We're obviously going to be talking plenty of hoops this week. So got a big game coming up against New Mexico, the trip to Nevada. We'll preview both of those. We'll write about both of those. Have spring football content coming up, so all kinds of stuff. I actually recently published an article on Todd Santeo being the the starting quarterback, at least for spring ball. And look, you know, guys, 
from what we've seen, it, it was not good enough last year. And, and I'm not trying to be an apologist or anything like that. My whole point of writing that, you know, feature column, whatever you want to be, was just to kind of emphasize he was put in a pretty difficult situation last year. I mean, he he had to come into training camp, which got disrupted from COVID and then the investigation, obviously. It's hard enough when you're a transfer quarterback to get acclimated to a new city, new teammates, new system, all of that. Having to do it under the circumstances that Santeo did, that's that's just crazy. And and beyond that, you know, all all of his playing time, I know a little bit of it was scripted into the game plan, even when O'Brien was the starter. But it's not easy to come in in, in relief either. And I just kind of wanted to point that out. Let's give him a shot to prove himself before we completely write him off. That's my main point. You know, that his teammates, his coaches, they all speak really highly of him. You know, you got to take it somewhat with a grain of salt. They're not going to, you know, publicly criticize the starting quarterback, but I'm not going to be completely dismissive of their praise either. So let's just see how it plays out. Go check it out. You know, I talked about the numbers. I did talk about the the issues with accuracy and, and how he has to be able to stretch the field vertically, all of that stuff. I point all of it out. You know, it has to be better. I get that. I'm just saying go easy on the dude and you don't need to tweet such nasty things about him. I, I don't think that's a good look for the fan base guys. I'd be critical, but you know, when people are tweeting like, Oh, this kid's dog shit or something like these are, these are amateur athletes guys. And, and they all see it too. I just, I don't see how that's productive or necessary quite frankly. So that's, that's on me. I'm, I'm going to start muting people. Uh, even, even some people I like to be honest, because I just, I don't need to see that. If, if you're going to be, you know, just tagging it and, and, you know, tweeting nasty things, I'm not about that. I'm just not about that. Be critical. Don't be a dick. That's where I'm at. That's where most fans should operate. Um, again, though, we've got plenty of, of football content coming up. I'm writing a feature on the tight ends. Uh, really excited about the return of Cam Butler. I think he is going to be an underrated aspect of the offense going into next season. Uh, but before I go here, I just kind of wanted to wrap up with a few more thoughts on this Colorado State Air Force matchup. Uh, really, really gutsy stuff, guys. I mean, to come out and, and to win the way that CSU did and to cover twice, not even from a gambling perspective, but just win decisively in, in both games after a three-week pause, it, it's not easy to do. I mean, we saw the women's team, unfortunately, dropped one of their games at Air Force. They got to go to the pit now for a pair of games that's it's super unfortunate how the how things are kind of shaping out down the stretch for them. But again, you know, I mean, if they win the Mountain West tournament, all all is well. But as far as this men's team goes, this was just not an easy situation. And honestly, I think the the up and down jump shooting, I think it had to be just the product of, of not playing a live game for three weeks. And on top of that, you know, I mean, the matchup zone. I just think it makes you maybe overthink some things. I don't know. It's like they were so wide open. They they couldn't do it. It was, it was weird, but I liked the ball movement. I loved the effort. Again, I think the depth of this roster is just going to make such a significant, just a positive impact. I mean, I think the fact that they can go so deep is so big. I mean, we got some big minutes, 15 minutes for PJ bird, 15 minutes for Deshaun Thomas, 13 minutes for Isaiah Rivera. That stuff's crucial. 21 for Tanjay. And I'm going to be honest, it was kind of a rough night for John Tanjay. Um, did have three points, but he was 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 5 from three points. Did have two rebounds, had a couple of turnovers. Um, 
just a just a tough day for him. Did draw a foul on a on a three point shot and was able to knock that one down, but he'll be fine. I I have no worries about him whatsoever. I I just really liked what we saw, and and even James Moore, as I should highlight him as well. He only played eleven minutes in that, but uh, aside from you know picking up a couple of early fouls, which kind of put him in a precarious position, I thought he he hustled really well. A uh, DT had a sick putback in this game, a really impressive finish at the rim. It was. So impressive. Uh, one of those where it had Kevin and I being like, damn, how the hell did he make that? Good stuff. I mean, he isn't he's a deceptively really athletic guy and moves really well for his size. I I'm very intrigued by by DT's future. He's got the great jump shot, obviously. I think we're seeing him play a little bit more confident. And just all of these guys and and their willingness to be selfless. It's it's really something to watch. I mean, you look at them on a fast break, they're looking for the best opportunity. There's no you know, guy trying to put up, you know, 35. There's no hero ball on this roster. It's just, let's get a good look. Let's let's find a way to win, and then let's get back and defend and crash the glass. And this is what Medved has been trying to build towards. I mean, myself and and even a lot of people who, who were really high on this team, I think we thought, you know, kind of next year is where they would reach that level. They're there now. I mean, this team is good enough to, you know, make a run to the Sweet 16. I know that is you know maybe me being a little bit optimistic or whatever, but if they get in, they are good enough to make some noise. Now, the the tournament it's really matchup dependent. If you you know get an eight seed or something, and then you win, and then all of a sudden you got to face a one seed, that's kind of a tough spot. And uh, that's actually one of the things I'm going to go over after that Nevada game is kind of break down where I think CSU would want to be seated, where they have the best chance to potentially you know win a game or two or. Who knows? I mean, they could go even all the way to the Final Four. Who knows? Anything is possible in college basketball. You know, a team gets hot, and all of a sudden they beat a couple teams nobody expects. But just to just to make the tournament, even if they don't win a game, would be such a big deal, and it would be so valuable from an experience standpoint. Because we all know this team is, you know, going to be good for a while. They're going to have multiple chances to make a run in the tournament. I could really see a scenario where, like, two years from now, CSU is revered kind of like Nevada was under Mus a couple of years ago where you know people are actually projecting them to go to the sweet 16 or even beyond so this team is here they're they're really fun to cover i i love it i'm i'm glad to talk spring ball but i definitely am just stoked to talk basketball and it's going to be fun it's going to be a fun mountain west tournament it should be really competitive i think the rams even if you went out in the regular season where at that point you should be pretty comfortable but like if you lose in the first round and then somebody like Utah State goes on to go to the finals or something, it's not that you're necessarily competing with each other for first spots, but you never know. You just don't want to leave any doubt in the minds of a national committee who may or may not have been paying close enough attention this year. CSU is going to be the only team in the Mountain West that didn't get swept. That should matter. San Diego State can't say that. Utah State can't say that. Boise State can't say that. I mean, technically, the Nevada and Mexico series only ended up being one games, but still, I mean, they split with all the top teams. That that should hold some weight, but I'm excited. We're going to be talking about it all down the stretch. It's going to be a blast. Make sure that you keep up with the Rams pod. Make sure that you keep up with DNVR Madness. Uh, if you're a draft junkie, we're obviously heating up the NFL draft coverage. That's been a blast. I love talking with the boys. We've just got a lot of fun stuff going. It's a good time to be a sports fan, good time to be a DNVR member. Thank you to everybody that subscribes. You guys make my dreams come true. Have a great rest of your, I don't know. I don't want to say have a great rest of your week because we got to see how these games play out. That's going to 
kind of depend on how our week goes. But shoot, I want y'all to have a good week. So why not? Have a great week. We'll be back with more content tomorrow. Peace. Word to your mother. Peaches out of palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.